Hey guys, this is Kyle Farnsworth. I just want to say welcome back to Wrigley Field and opening day. You know, it's such an awesome feeling. You know, that's as players, I'm sure it is for you guys too. I know everybody's excited to get back to it and get back to work. We definitely couldn't do it without you guys. You know, you guys are part of how we work and get everything done. So I just want to say thank you for all that you guys do and help us with our jobs to do better. And opening day at Wrigley Field is probably one of the best, you know, days ever. You know, day games, fresh cut grass, sunshine. So enjoy it all. It goes by fast. You know, I was very blessed to play with the Cubs for a very long time. And, you know, they gave me the first opportunity to, you know, play professionally. So, you know, I love the Cubs and, you know, always be first in my heart. So, again, thank you guys for everything and welcome back and go Cubs, go. Mistaken Identity Podcast. I'm a very exhausted Frank talking to uh, David. David, how are you tonight? I am unthawing. Very <laughs> cold today. <laughs> but it was, you know what? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty rough. But uh, it made it worse that they lost, but I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there. Yeah, so it was, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was my idea. You know, it'd be cool to um, do our podcast with Nancy Sullivan right after opening day. It'd be fun. We're gonna, it's going to be sunny. It's going to be great. Like, we're going to be in this great mood. Uh, so why not, you know, let's do the podcast after the opening day game. Fast forward to today, <laughs> and it was the third coldest opening day that the Cubs have had. Who would have thought? Yes, and it was luckily we had some sun, but really didn't help us out too much unless you got a chance to, you know, step outside in the in the sun, like outside of the gates, or I don't even think like the con I mean, yeah, not concourse, the um, the terrace or anything has sun today. I don't think, did they? I have no idea. I was so consumed by trying to stay warm that I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know what's funny? I don't even think it would have made a difference. It was that cold today. But, you know, hey, we got through it. And, you know, Saturday's supposed to be warmer. So we'll see. Yes, and we're going to jump right into our guest. Before we do that, uh, uh, we also have, a, at the end of this, you're going to hear uh, from Carl Edwards Jr., uh, better known as CJ. Um, he left a message that we're going to uh, share with you all. But keep in mind when you hear this message that he plays for uh, another team now who plays against the Cubs. Uh, so you're going to notice that he was very careful in his wording. <laughs> um, and that is the reason why, uh, although he loves the Cubs and us, he still plays for another team. So he had to be uh, careful in his wording. For those of you that are listening, uh, that hear this. Uh, but uh, let's not uh, delay any longer. Uh, this is a, another one of those sessions that people have been emailing me about. Like, when are you gonna have this person on? Matter of fact, David, you said to me when we first did this, you gotta have Nancy on, didn't you? Yes, I. Uh, <laughs> Nancy is uh, one of those people that um, is so awesome, and I miss her so much. And I just wanted to like 
I got so many questions for her. I'm gonna have to like kind of just cut my thing short. But <laughs> I got so many questions for her. And it's funny because I'm gonna I'm gonna have her. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna introduce her. I'm gonna have her tell because I went to Nessie and said, "Hey, we went on the podcast." And her response kind of caught me off guard. I didn't think she was gonna say what she said, but <laughs> we'll get that in a minute. But anybody that's listening, please welcome all the way from Japan. Please welcome Nancy Sullivan. Nancy, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Frozen. Besides cold. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so exactly where are you in Japan? Exactly where are you? Well, right now we're actually on spring break. So I'm in a town called Fukuyama, which is about, I don't know, maybe an hour north of Hiroshima. But I actually live in Iwakuni, which is about an hour south of Hiroshima. And I work on a, a U.S. Marine Air Station teaching high school English to the children of the people who are stationed there. Okay. All right. Okay. And I'm assuming that, the, that there's some dog. There's some dogs in your background. There is a dog in my background. Oh, yes, loud? I hear it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually in a park because. Okay. Um, we're staying at a hotel because we're on vacation <laughs> and okay. Eric was talking on the phone and I'm like, this isn't going to work with two people talking on the phone. <laughs> okay. All right. And, uh, hey, hey Nancy, uh, I know this has got to be, uh, I know you guys are warmer than us, but please make us feel warmer. What's the temperature like down there? Today, it's probably going to be about 72, 73 degrees. Wow. wow. It's really sunny. It's very sunny, but tomorrow it's going to rain just to make you feel a little better. Oh. <laughs> or maybe Sunday it's going to rain. I'm, I get so confused when I talk to people in the United States about what day <laughs> you're on and what day I'm on. Right. And I was confused too. <laughs> so I'm currently Friday at 10 something in the morning. Yes. Every Thursday night. Um, but before I forget, so so when David said we had to get Nancy, and I'm like, okay, I'll reach out to, uh, I'll reach out to Nancy, and then I went to you, Nancy, today. We went on the podcast. What was your response, Nancy? I have no clue. <laughs> I don't even remember what I said. What did I say? You thought that nobody would want to hear from you. That you that you're like, why yeah. me? Like nobody's gonna want to. <laughs> yeah, who's gonna want to listen to this? And. Go ahead, this David. is going to be your lowest rated show. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Hey, Wait till you see. No, trust me. You don't, you, you'll see. <laughs> yeah, you have you have no idea how many people miss you right now. And yes. Thinking about you. We just like, man, it's some things that we talked about off air that we're not going to obviously share here. But, you know, <laughs> we miss you. Just know that <laughs> we miss you. Uh, now, well, you know, now, now all the people that were afraid they were going to get put in fan services might actually get put there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now, for people who are uh, listening, as well as uh, our staff, who are listening for the first time, can you tell us about when you first started working for the Cubs? Tell us about that if you can. Um. Well, I'm going to go back to the interview process because um, the interview process in the past was um, 
like this two-stage interview and you interviewed in the Cubs clubhouse. I don't know if this is probably how you interviewed. Yes. Yeah. So I interviewed with one of the supervisors and he asked me this question about um, somebody falls down the stairs and hits their head. And what do you do? And I kept asking him questions like, is he bleeding or not bleeding? <laughs> like, well, you decide. I'm like, is he conscious or unconscious? And he's like, you decide. <laughs> so then I ended up getting a second interview because I knew the answers to those questions because I worked as a lifeguard for seven years. And then we had the second interview, which was that big group interview. I think there must have been like 20 people. And Mike Hill and Russell Johnson were actually doing the interviewing. And the question was, um, a man comes to aisle 16 and he sits down and he doesn't have a ticket. He's dressed in a suit. What do you do? And people are like, oh, we kick him out. And then Mike said, but it's Ed Lynch. And nobody said anything. So I started laughing. And I said, if you work for the Cubs, you should know who Ed Lynch is. And so Mike said to the rest of the people, does anyone else know who Mike Ed Lynch is? And they're like, "Um, no. So when they called me to offer me the job, They're like, you know, we know you applied to be an usher, but uh, Mike Hill would like to talk to you. He has something else in mind for you. I'm like, oh, no, he wants me to be a matron in the ladies room. (laughs) (laughs) So I talked to Mike and he's like, I know you applied to be an usher, but I'd like you to be security. And that's how I ended up in fan services. So they put me at the administrative office's front door where I checked in people because they knew I could recognize people. And um, so I would check in all the front office staff and all the celebrities would come through there. And I don't know, in the old days, there was the one side, like the street side entrance. And uh, Phil Trice, Marion's father, worked at that side. And then I worked on the inside. And that was those were the days when people could still smoke on the concourse. So I'd be standing there and people would just be like smoking around me. It was just really, really pretty crazy. Oh, and there was that little window. Remember, the, there was this little window and it had a, like a little arched opening that you could yeah. pass stuff through. Yeah. But like it was so small that you could pretty much pass a cup through. That's about it. Yeah. So you, so you were in, so you went from there to fan services. So that was part of fan services at the time because fan services was a security position. So for the first year I worked there, or I'd say the first two years I worked at the door. So I started a door for two years straight. Oh, wow. And at the end of the first season, I'm like, do I really want to do this? (laughs) And then that card would come in the mail. Like, do you want to come back? And I was like, yeah, I'll come back. And everyone thinks they're going to work there for one season. And then they end up there for 20. And how many, how many seasons, how many seasons do you have? This would have been 25. Wow. Wow. Okay. I know. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, I just wanted to get that 25 year pin. (laughs) (laughs) 
I guess it's not it's not for me. But was it a hard decision to, you know, to make? Well, I mean, a lot went into the decision. So I actually, um, so my job is through the Department of Defense. And I've had my application in for six years. And they kept making me offers like Guantanamo Bay. They called me three times for Guantanamo Bay. And I was like, no, I don't want to work in Guantanamo Bay. They sent me... Um, also made me an interview offer for Guam, which I didn't want to be in Guam. So when this one came up for Japan, this happened a year ago, probably February. So I took the interview. I had no clue at the time that COVID was going to like happen. So I did the interview, but I didn't hear anything back until probably April. And at that point, the season had been canceled and we were out of school in Chicago, like teaching remotely. So I think the decision was not as hard when I re- when I actually had to make a decision back in probably August about whether I was going to go or not. It wasn't as hard because I didn't have those personal connections, like that daily interaction with people. If I had been working at the ballpark every day, or if I had been in my classroom with the students every day, I think it would have been a harder decision. Um, Also, my family, most of my family lives in Arizona. My, uh, only my brother, Dan, still lives in Illinois. So I didn't, I don't really have a lot of family connections in Chicago anymore. I do have my friends and that was really hard to leave, you know, because you know how close all the female supervisors are Yes, I do, do yes. stuff all the time. And so that was really like when I see pictures of the girls without me, I'm a little jealous <laughs> that I'm missing out on that. <laughs> you were the one that I heard set up all the girl trips. Um. I don't know that I set them up, but I would kind of get the ball rolling. So I'd be like, hey, we should do this. And we were gonna all going to go to New York last year to see a game at Yankee Stadium as girls. And we didn't get to do that. Now, that's very funny because the guys, we had decided that we were going to go to New York as well last season. Some of us were. <laughs> so we would have both, we would have all been in New York without each other knowing. Because we had decided, a bunch of us, that we were going to go to New York as well. That would have been funny to walk around the concourse yeah. in there and see you all there. <laughs> well, we probably would have been sitting right next to each other because we probably <laughs> would have all used the same source to get our tickets. <laughs> that would have been funny. Uh, David has uh, a question for you, and then uh, we're going to start with some surprises that we have for you. Okay. Yeah, so how long did it take for you to adjust to being in a different country, like your body, like your sleep, your eating habits, all that stuff? How, how did you adjust to that? So, um, well, when I first got here, I was in quarantine for two weeks in a hotel room by myself. And I couldn't, you know, like people would have to bring me food. So I had a sponsor that would do my shopping for me. So. It was weird because all my conversation was still in the United States. So I was still staying up all night. 
I would say it took me at least a month to get adjusted to the time. As far as um, food, I think one thing here that's really hard, especially living in Iwakuni, although there's a lot of Americans there, when I live, I don't live on base, I live off base, and people don't really speak English. They speak Japanese all the time. And we're a little spoiled thinking that everybody speaks English. Yeah. And so that's hard when you want to ask a question and you're trying to do things like we, Eric and I bought a car using Google Translate, which just kept passing the phone back and forth to the sky. So that was kind of funny. <laughs> I have made some mistakes with food. And I and people have probably seen this on Facebook that yes. <laughs> sometimes I think I'm buying something else. Like this one day, I thought I was buying chocolate-covered strawberries, but they weren't chocolate-covered strawberries. They were covered in red bean paste, which it wasn't wow. awful, but it was unexpected. Um, the other day, Eric and I went out to dinner. And I accidentally ordered beef tongue, which I probably would have never ordered. <laughs> but it was actually good. <laughs> but I don't know if I would order it again just because you think about what it is and you're just shocked. Wow. Yes, uh, I've seen some of your uh, some of your pictures of food on the Facebook uh, chronicles. Yes, <laughs> I've, I've definitely seen that. Yes. So um, we, not we, well, yes, we, but we as in people that you know and coworkers, uh, you know, we thought that it would be just absurd uh, to let, just let you uh, say goodbye on a uh, Facebook post. Uh, so many people uh, have joined in to send us some messages to you uh, more than I can actually read or that David can read. So we've got to forward most of these emails and messages to you. Uh, but there were some that we do uh, want to read out. And in between our questions throughout the rest of this um, uh, episode, we're going to read you some of these. Um, I'm curious if you could uh, guess some of these folks before we say who they are. But I'm going to read the first one here. Uh, and it says, my message to Nancy, how am I ever going to order drinks without you? <laughs> Every time we went out together. I already know. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie Buckwhite. <laughs> yes. Every time we went out together, Nancy ordered the best drinks and I would always end up ordering the exact same drink. Her choice never disappoints. I believe Nancy and I started ice cream Sundays one day after kids run the bases while walking to our cars, we decided to stop at Jenny's for ice cream. As other super buyers walked by, we waved them in and ice cream Sundays become a thing. I will miss Nancy's organization of our girl pictures. When I worked security, 
I worked under Nancy in fan services a lot. She would get Cubs bucks from admin and use them to buy new food the ballpark offered. We all got to try the food so we can give a true evaluation of the food if a fan asked, and she had that in quotes. <laughs> no one can replace Nancy's compassion and knowledge of her job. We will miss you, Deb. Anything you want to say to uh, Deb, Nancy? <laughs> well, Deb knows that I love her <laughs> and that, you know, no matter what. Uh, well, I actually thought about sending Debbie this peach drink in the mail, but then it's not really legal to send alcohol through the mail. So that's true. I have to think of something. <laughs> but um, yeah, I love Deb. I'm going to miss Deb too. And ice cream sundaes. Um, as far when she, I forgot about the buying the food. So yeah, Julius Farrell used to give me a little budget. I don't know. It was like a hundred bucks a year in Cubs cash. And we would like figure out how we were going to spend it to um, try out new things because people would always ask us for advice on what they should order. So somehow we got that, that little budget put in. So maybe we could pass that on to the current um, leadership team and reinstitute that. Sounds good to me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, David has another person. See if you can guess. Okay. All right. It says, here is a perfect example of the spirit Nancy brought every day to Wrigley Field. She mentioned several times when I was deployed to her group that she sometimes wanted to gather all the Nancys who worked at Wrigley, get together for a group picture. I believe there were six of us Nancys at the time. Sure enough, she set up a group photo on the field on a Sunday morning prior to a game. She had the photographer there, had us all gather at home plate, and took our photos together. An experience none of us will ever forget. That's another, I'm sorry, just another example of how Nancy Sullivan went above and beyond for the staff she will be sorely missed, but I wish her well in her new adventures. Can you guess who it is? That might be hard to guess, though. But <laughs> Yeah, because there's three Nancys that I can think of. So it's either Nancy Carstead, <laughs> Nancy Cornell, <laughs> or I would say Nancy Lopez. Nope. Try again. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Wait, read the first sentence again. Here is a perfect example of the spirit Nancy brought every day to Wrigley Field. She mentioned several times when I was the boy to her group that she sometimes wanted oh. to gather all the Nancys who worked at Wrigley. For Rob Wood? Nope. What? All right. So, so who is it, David? <laughs> it Rob? Nancy, nope. It is Nancy. Oh, I hope I pronounced this right. Zap, Zappy? Oh, Nancy Zapfi, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that makes yep. sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know there were that many Nancys there until today. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think Nancy Hens was also in that photo. I had, I've had a lot of really good conversations with Nancy Zapfi. So, especially when I would work the lower deck, 
I would stop at every um, aisle to talk to each of the ambassadors. And sometimes I think between Nancy Zaffi and Nancy Karstead that I would monopolize their time because they are, they're just so interesting to talk to that I would spend a really long time talking to them. And then I'd realize that I, you know, the game was about to start and I had only made it like four aisles. <laughs> um, so I think this one you may be able to get has the same theme as the one I read before, some of the same things in it. So uh, you may get this one. And as I'm reading it, uh, feel free to throw out a name if you think you know, Nancy. Uh, so it says, Nancy Sullivan, what a joy to work with and to work for. I know that when I worked with Nancy, she was always so fun. You never knew exactly what was going on in her mind. <laughs> <laughs> she always tried to create something interesting. She wants you some code books to allow everyone who worked in fan services to do some research and quote against like Dev on different foods around the ballpark. I thought it was a wonderful idea because then we could really be a reference to people who came up and asked us about the different foods. And it was super fun. Another wonderful thing about working for Nancy was her performance reviews. You could always tell that you that you were being reviewed by an English teacher. She used, <laughs> she used vocabulary that was really interesting and always spoke about specific situations. They were always a joy to receive. She makes everything fun. Nancy is passionate, smart, humble, empathetic, and a wonderful teammate. I am so happy to call her my friend. And because you didn't throw out a name, I'm going to tell you who that was. That was Donna Orman. Oh, Donna, yeah. Um, Donna and I, well, you know, it's funny because even before Donna became a supervisor, I think there were times when Donna was talking me off the edge rather <laughs> than the other way around. There were days when oh my gosh, like the stress just gets to you. And, and Donna's just very um, like intuitive and she understands when you're, like she can sense when you need something and she would always have the right thing to say that, you know, just kind of got me back into the place that I needed to be. Okay, and so uh, David has... Another one. By the way, we have we have tons of these. We're not going to do these all today, um, <laughs> but we're going to read some some of the ones that stuck out to us. But for those of you that are listening, because I know this is going to be one of our most listened to, everybody knows this is happening. We will be sending Nancy. I want to flood her email with all of these messages that you all have sent me one by one individually. So if you don't read your comment or your uh, tribute to Nancy today, she will get it still. All right. Um, go ahead, David. All right, this is the next one. Uh, it says, please convey my best wishes. I will always remember her assigning lower bold locations alphabetically, placing like first names together, classroom lower bold. And that is from Judy Schulberg. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, there weren't a lot of Judy's, so I don't think we could put all the Judy's together. But I remember there was a day where I had seven bobs in a row and Carl Rice was walking through the lower deck and he's like, he noticed the trend and he's like, that's really funny. <laughs> he actually said something to one of the bobs. That is, that is really funny. If I, would, if I would have seen that, I'd be like, wait a minute. That, that's actually a good idea because if I would have, you know, yeah, that's a good idea. It's a good idea. <laughs> well, you know, if you don't know people's names, that's one way to save yourself. You just put all the like name people <laughs> together and you're, you're pretty confident that you've got the right name <laughs> until you run out of a certain name. But yeah, we had a lot of bobs for a while. Yeah, I got to, I got to uh, remember that when I'm doing my deployment. So, all right. So here's a, uh, another one. This one here is um, a story or a legend of yours that this person heard. So I've also heard too, actually. I don't know if it's true or not. I heard this story too, but it's like a legend about Nancy Sullivan that I guess, based on this email, gets spread on amongst the staff about you. <laughs> and it says here... Uh, there is this story uh, of her, of Nancy, that she brought the statue of the infant of Prague, I'm saying it right, to Wrigley during the World Series, and she had it on the field. And it says that the luck of Nancy's statue is what won the World Series. Uh, that was from Kathleen Grossman. Uh, what, is, what is that all about? So um, it is true that the infant of Prague, baby Jesus, was um, on the field. He actually started going on the field in 2015 when I really thought we'd go to the World Series. And he uh, was on the field. So I don't know if I should implicate other people <laughs> in this, but I did have help. And he always had to stand by um, by first base because there was a day where we we took his picture during one of the playoff games. Oh, so no, let me back up. So the infant of Prague would always come on the field. We always took his picture with the scoreboard in the background. One day we decided we were going to take his picture from the cub side instead of the visitor side and we lost that game so we always after that we always made sure that he was on the visitor side in the same position by first base and we take lots of pictures with him sometimes he'd have a baseball with him you know like a postseason baseball which of course we had to give back so we couldn't keep any of those baseballs we had to get them back but um you know, he kind of blessed the ball. And um, I think he was the reason why we won the World Series. Not that the team didn't have anything to do with it. I mean, that season was like magic. You knew that everything yeah. was falling into place. But um, when that when the season ended or what I had during the season, I promised baby Jesus that if we won, I would buy him a new outfit. And I happened to tell that story to Jordan, uh, Jor you know, Jordan wrote it. Yes. And he, um, he's like, my father makes infant of Prague outfits. 
And if we win the World Series, not only will I get you a new outfit for your baby Jesus, but I will get him a new crown too. So when we won, Jordan's like, what color do you want? I'm like, cubby blue. (laughs) So his father made a cubby blue outfit for my uh, infant of Prague. And that was the last outfit that Jordan's father made before he died. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that outfit's like really special. Well, that's okay. Because I've heard that many, many times. And apparently this person, uh, Kathy Grossman, who wrote this, also heard that legend as well. Okay. Uh, David has one. Okay. Uh, before I get into the next one, question for you. Do you wear your World Series ring out there? I wore it the um, first couple days of school that I taught in person here um, because I had the um, students make a PowerPoint about where they were from because the kids are one of the students in my class has been to 29 countries already and she's a high school freshman. So these kids have traveled, you know, their parents get um move to a different base like every three years so they're all over the place so i want to know where the kids considered their home to be and um so i gave them a model of clues for where i was from because they had no idea where i was from and i wore my ring then but i haven't worn it since i don't know that very many people would know what it is but you know uh fukudome is still playing for one of the Japanese teams here. So if I ever go to a Tigers game, I'll wear my ring. It, uh, and well, he's how is he's got to be at least almost 40 now, right? I have no idea. I didn't know he was still playing until today because the, um, the Tigers were playing the Hiroshima Carp and that game was televised. And so that's the, I've actually seen uh, Fukudome play here with Matt Merton. So they were playing, um, I think, against uh, Osaka, the Buffaloes. So that was like five years ago. So I was surprised that Fukudome was still playing because I saw him here five years ago. Oh, wow. That is awesome. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to get into the next uh, letter for you. Now you're going to guess this one as soon as I get to the end, I bet. Uh, So it says, Nancy, thank you for being such a great mentor and also one of the most influential people I have worked with. You taught me a lot and trusted me to do my job, which helped helped get to where I am today at Wrigley. I first saw you at a Cubs convention before I worked there, and I would never guess that just two and a half months later, I'd be working with you. I was looking forward to being a supervisor with you, but life took you on another path, and I am so happy for you and wish you nothing but the best. Thank you again for being a wonderful leader and friend. P.S. I am still jealous that you live in the Hello Kitty capital of the world. (laughs) And guess who it is? Well, at first I was thinking Erica Pizarro. You got it. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) Yeah, so... um... I remember Erica telling me that she saw me at a Cubs convention because I think I was scrunched. I call it scrunching the line. You know how when the line, everybody's spread out. 
and I always walk through the line next to it and I'll tell people to stand up and make friends with the people next to them and, uh, you know, to get the line kind of condensed so that we're not extended out into the hallway of the convention center. So I, I actually gave all my uniform parts to Erica. So she should be, she has a new outfit for every day for like a month, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to actually tell my Nancy story. Um, so many people, for whatever reason, I mean, so I've been at Biggieville for a very long time since I was 16, off and on, whatever. Um, so I've been there so long that people think that I have been a supervisor for a very long time. Therefore, I should know everything. But uh, my rookie year as a supervisor, uh, my first ever concert, Nancy may remember this, but uh, there was a uh, ticket issue with the seats and there, there, I get duplicate tickets or I don't know what it was. So, uh, and they were in like maybe 240 or whatever. So I'm like, uh, you all just wait here and I'm going to go to fan services and see if I can uh, take care of this. So I use my ID, I walk at the door and I uh, go to Nancy and I'm like, um, you know, hey, I got this uh, ticket problem. And out of nowhere, Nancy, let me have it. Like, <laughs> let me have it. Like, I have never heard before. <laughs> uh, I don't know if really? she has, has issues, but I will say this. She found me at the end of the day and uh, proactively actually came to me. Yes, she, she came to me, Nancy, and said, I'm sorry about that. Uh, I should not have said that at all. Um so I, I thought it was um, I thought it was pretty cool that uh, you sought me out, and when you saw me, you came to say to me, "Hey, you know, that was I should not have done that." And I just assumed that you were. It was a I think dead and come. What was one of those concerts where it was crazy? Um, but the fact that you, you know, I guess it must have in your head, you're like, maybe I should not have said that to Frank that way. But uh, you came to me and apologized. And I thought that was very, very uh, respectful of you to do that. Do you remember that at all? I don't. <laughs> but I feel bad that a memory <laughs> of me is me going off on you. <laughs> no, that 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 was that was. I think in your because you because you were asking me questions that supervisors with experience should know, and I think that because I've known you for so long, but I wasn't one that you just. I, and I get this today. People think I've been a supervisor for like five years. They're shocked when I say, nope, it's only been two years. People are like, really? So I think, you know, then uh, you weren't thinking this is the rookie, Frank. You were thinking this is the Frank that has been there since Daniel Alexa and Daniel Emmons and what have you. You know those mm -hmm. things. But I didn't. So I think that played into your, you know, why is he asking me this? He should know, <laughs> he should know this already. And then you came back later on. You're like, hey, you know what? I should not have done that. <laughs> You know, um, concerts and fan services is probably, well, I think concerts for everybody is pretty stressful, but, you know, people come to concerts at Wrigley and they have ideas of what kind of seats they bought. And then 
something changes with the setup of the concert and it's not what they expected. So for before, I'd say until the music actually starts, fan services is just nuts. And those tickets are just nuts. Like we spend the whole time. There are days, I think Debbie, probably Debbie and Erica, Barb Ackerman, know what I'm talking about, where we go and we actually sit in the seats because the ticket office kind of gives us a heads up on where our problems are going to be. And we actually go and sit in seats and make decisions about what we're going to do before (laughs) the gates even open. So we'll just go through the ballpark, sit down in seats and be like, nope, this isn't going to work and we're going to have to do this. And not that that's going to make you feel any better that I went off on you. (laughs) Man, I feel so guilty now. Because <laughs> I don't know how, I don't, I like to think that I don't go off on people very frequently. I know that there was, there was a lot, I don't know what concert it was, but there was a lot going on that day. Like, literally, there was a lot. Like, there was a lot. Matter of fact, um, there was so much going on that uh, I was assigned to the lower bowl as a um, GSA super. You know, that never happened. So it was just a lot. We were probably short, and it was just a lot going on. Um, but, uh, I just, yeah, I just, I've, I've never, I've never seen you in that way. Like when you, when you turned around and I'm just like, who is this? <laughs> I, this is in my head because you turned around and you were just like, no, <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. But, um, let me read, let me read this one. Um, it says, you may, you may guess this one actually, but Nancy was creative and inspiring as a supervisor. She sometimes gives the radio units book character names or schedule all the bobs in a row. I love that several of her students came to work at Wrigley. I think Nancy was the main motivator to the girl photos at the convention, special games, and concerts at Wrigley Field. I had a great time on several trips with her and other supervisors and learned how much she enjoys to travel. Japan is lucky to have her now. You wanna guess or you want me to say who it is? I think it might be Jenny. Yes, it is Jenny Keeley. Uh, anything you wanna say about Jenny? Oh, Jenny, well, I do have to tell Jenny, I have been looking for the Talking Heads album on vinyl that she's looking for. But for some reason, they don't know how to alphabetize here. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll, we'll run across albums in these bins and they're just, you know, like it'll be Rolling Stones, Pet Benatar. And then it'll be like somebody random, like Sean Cassidy. And you're like, what? Like, so... I want Jenny to know that I am looking, but Jenny and I have definitely had some good times together. Um, I think the last girls trip we went on was Washington, D.C., so shared a room with Jenny. I think, you know, probably drove her a little crazy on that trip, but um, yeah, we've had some good times. And yeah, I am going to totally miss all the girls trips and outings and little things you know like we've even in the off season we would get together and do christmas things or halloween things so 
Yeah, I'm going to miss that. Okay, uh, and because of the time, I'm going to let David read all the rest of his, and then I'll read one, and then we'll end it from there. So go ahead, David. Uh, I got one more for you. It's, uh, you got to get this one, too. Uh, <laughs> one of the questions I have for Nancy is why does she always wear skirts except for work? Is there any other time she wears something besides a skirt? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there is. When I was stripping the paint off of all the woodwork on my crown molding at my house. So I used to have a, a Chicago bungalow that was 100 years old. And it had all mahogany um, crown molding and trim and doors. And the previous owner had painted them all white, probably for the last hundred years. So I did wear pants then. I just don't like to wear pants. I just don't. They're they're not comfortable. So if the Cubs, well, no, no, I'm going to back up. So I used to think that. When I first started working, a lot of the front office women would wear skirts with heels. And I always was afraid that at some point that would become our uniform. <laughs> We'd have to wear skirts and high heels to run around the ballpark, but that never happened. And then, you might uh, have to cut that part out. <laughs> and then uh, she, she goes on to say uh, she thoroughly enjoys traveling and hopes to be able to continue to explore many other places. Uh, quick guess on who you think that may be? I don't know because I got distracted. <laughs> it is from Cindy Roy. Cindy. Oh, Cindy Roy. Well, Cindy and I have had a lot of good times together too, especially on all the girl trips. And um, I think... Probably one of my um, most standout memories of Cindy working at the ballpark is that Cindy is takes her job very seriously. And I had organized a girl picture. And I was trying to get all the girls together during the ACDC concert. So I had actually convinced one of the vendors to lend us those light up horns for like 10 minutes. But, you know, everybody's busy during concerts. So I had like everybody together except for one person. We kept waiting for that one person. And Cindy's like, I'm busy. I need to get back to work. And I'm like, Cindy, the ballpark is not gonna like explode which we all know this is untrue the ballpark can explode in a minute <laughs> and I'm like Cindy they can live without us for like two minutes so we we did a girl picture in front of the marquee wearing those ACDC horns <laughs> but yes Cindy is probably the hardest working woman that I know Yes, I agree. <laughs> um, yes, we actually just did a yeah. podcast with Cindy. She did a Cindy episode was one of our most highest um, rated. Like all the staff wanted to hear uh, the behind the scenes Cindy, uh, and it was really really 
highly rated. So um, if you're listening to this now uh, podcast, you can go and check it out. Uh, it's still available on our podcast, but it's a good interview with um, Cindy. So let me read this last one here for you. You're definitely, I think, going to figure this out, but we'll see. I have enjoyed working for you all these years. I will miss our daily conversations about school, work, and just random topics. You always made coming to the ballpark fun for me. Selfishly, I still haven't, it still hasn't sunk in that I won't see you at the ballpark all the time, but I am very excited for the opportunity you have in front of you and the impact on so many lives you are going to continue to provide. I wish you nothing but the best, but anything you put your mind to becomes a success. So I know you are going to do great things over there. 22 left will never be the same without you there. Assigning people based off their names, birthdays, or <laughs> eye color, or whatever other category comes to your mind will always make me smile. Hopefully our paths will cross again. But thank you for everything you have done for me for the past 20 years. Your friendship means a lot to me. You are already missed, and we haven't even made it back to the ballpark yet. Do you know what male employee at Wrigley wrote that? Well, if it's 22 left, I'm thinking it's Daryl. No, but you're getting warm. <laughs> getting warm. 20 years. Is it a ambassador? Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're a GSA, yes. Hmm. Who's but Jim Kearns? Yes. <laughs> Jim Kearns. You know, it's hard. It's hard to believe that Jim Kearns is not 16 years old anymore. Yeah. That he's I agree. an adult <laughs> with his own children. And <laughs> yeah, when you first started reading, I was thinking Jim Kearns. And then when you said 20 years, I'm thinking, no, Jim couldn't have been there for 20 years already, but I guess he could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, there, there are just so many, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let David end it with his, um, his final, uh, thoughts. Well, I ha you, I do have a comment for Jim Kearns though. Yes, go ahead. I'm expecting Jim to somehow get here with the family for a baseball game. Cause I know he likes to travel to different ballparks and the team here in Hiroshima is one of the few teams without a dome. So almost everybody plays indoor baseball, but um, Hiroshima's team is is an outdoor ballpark. All right, I'm gonna let uh, David have the final word. But if we did not read your message or comments, she will get them. Maybe she will respond, but she will get them. I guarantee you, Nancy will <laughs> message that has flooded my messages. Um, final thoughts, David. Yeah, just. Uh, just reiterating again, just how much we miss you and uh, we hope you're uh, doing well out there. And I hope that you see from this podcast that you you see or you get the idea of how many people you touch and how many people miss you. So uh, we really appreciate you and thank you for your time and uh, best of luck on everything out there in Japan. Well, thank you. So, uh, Nancy, any final words for the people listening and all the employees that uh, didn't get to say goodbye? Well, um, today, 
So the game started, your, the Cubs game today started at 3.20 in the morning here. So I only watched the last part. And I do have to thank, um, oh, now I can't remember who posted it about the um, MLB being free on T-Mobile. So I have my free MLB broadcast so I can watch the games. But um, I think actually seeing the ballpark, you know, I was a little sad that I wasn't a part of it. That, you know, this could have been my 25th season. But I've had some experiences working for the Cubs that I would never have had the opportunity for. And I've met people that have, you know, when we would do training, I would say to new employees, you're going to meet your lifelong friends here. And that's the truth that I've met a lot of people that will be my friends for the rest of my life. And even though I don't get to see them, Regularly, I think it's nice that, you know, we have the Cubs coworkers and the Cubs coworkers with love page and the supervisor Facebook pages that I can still see what's going on. And I still feel like I'm a part of, of this group that, you know, we have this common bond that is so rare and so special that I, I miss the interaction on a daily basis, but I don't feel like those people are gone from my life. And I almost forgot this and it would have got me in trouble, but there was a person that was supposed to pop on here and their face was supposed to surprise you when you saw it. Uh, however, uh, there was a scheduling conflict. Uh, but do you know a person by the name of Danielle Alexa? I do know Danielle Alexa. That was supposed to Danielle be Danielle Alexa, my soulmate, <laughs> my soulmate. <laughs> yes, and I completely forgot to mention that. But um, yes, uh, anything you want to say about Danielle Alexa before we go? Um, you know, Danielle, there's nobody like Danielle. Like, I don't know how Danielle remembers everybody. I don't know how she knows all the details about their lives and what's important to them. And I remember when I first, it was my second season at the ballpark and I didn't really know Danielle. Well, that was the season that my mom passed away. And Danielle came down to fan services and gave me her phone number, her personal phone number. And she's like, anything you need. And I was like, this is, really special you know that somebody that doesn't know me well would one know that this happened and two like reach out to me like that I think that was the moment that I knew that Danielle and I were going to be friends forever like I mean I I don't even know what to say (laughs) she's just Danielle is just a super special person. And I don't know that any, how does anyone have the kind of energy she does to care for so many people? I think we were all heartbroken when she left the Cubs, but I'm glad that she's, you know, found the opportunities that she has and it's given her the, the chance to 
see how other businesses work and it's just you know you're gonna make me all emotional <laughs> having trouble thinking <laughs> but yeah I, I love Danielle and I miss her every day but I have talked to her a few times on uh on Facebook Messenger. All right. Uh, so if you would have cried, somebody would have owed me eight hundred dollars. That was my goal. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but we got to go. We're overtime. David, you, go, ahead, okay. David. go ahead, David. Oh no, no, I'm I'm good. I was just gonna say, uh, you know, I second that. Danielle was awesome, and uh, shout out to Danielle. Um, I wish you could have got on here. That would have been amazing. Yes, uh, I tried. I, I would. I definitely yes. would have cried. So you would have. You would have had an eight hundred dollar <laughs> problem. Um, but um, so you know, Paco is now the only nineteen ninety seven person left. That's true. Oh, and I also need you to pass this on to Nick. I meant to email him. Is Nick still on the field? Uh, yes. Yeah, so Nick needs to take a picture of the base. I hope he took a picture of the baseball today. Okay, we'll pass that on. Okay. I'll email him. Okay, all right. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. Stay tuned, of course, for um, Carl Edwards Jr., better known as CJ. And we will catch you all on the next episode of the Mistaken Identity Podcast with David and Spray. Hello, my great friends. How y'all been? Um, uh, yes, it's been it's been a different route for me. So hey, um, I just want to say hello to you guys. I miss you guys. Um, the cup security, of course. And I would like to say thank you to Frank, Mr. Frank Walker, for reaching out. Um, hey man, y'all have a you know a dandy of a season this year. Looking forward to playing y'all and you know bringing back some memories. But again, hey. Thank you guys for reaching out, and I really do appreciate it, and I miss you guys. Um, again, thank you. Hey, guys, this is Joe Flaherty with the Mistaken Identity Podcast. As always, we want to thank you for listening. If you appreciate the work we're doing here, please drop us a rating, a review, a like, a share, a smoke signal maybe, whatever you can do to help us get the word out, help us keep growing. And of course, as a disclaimer, we want to add once again that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own. We do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.